0: You're listening to The Next Shot Podcast, the show that brings photographers, educators, and industry leaders to inspire you to create and share your next shot with your host, Justin. First of all, thank you, Chris. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. So tonight we're going to talk about headshots of all things. But first of all, I kind of wanted to give a quick little introduction about you. You got a mouthful here, but... You sent me over your bio, and you know, Uh and you're a (laughs) photographer and an educator. Oh well, well, I'm just gonna hit points, so. (laughs) So, It's way more fun if you just make stuff up. So I mean, looking at everything, I was just looking things over in general, and I mean, you're a photographer, a photo educator. You have a retail studio in Spokane, uh, Washington, doing portraits, commercial, business. Portraits, you're a master photographer, a photographic craftsman, certified professional photographer from PPA or Professional Photographers of America. You've served as a counselor advocating for photographer rights, past president of Professional Photographers of Washington, numerous print awards with Fuji Masterpieces, ACI's image excellent, excellence, various state best of, and the PPA National Award, and you also travel around speaking and helping photographers. So yeah, I think it's easier to say what you don't do, right?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> babies. Don't do babies. No, no, no babies. Yeah, right. And so, I mean, that's kind of your, your uh, what I want to say here, your official one. But just tell me about yourself. I mean, how did you get started in photography? How did, how did all that piece of paper I just read, how did all that become...
2: Short answer, I was uh, an eBay power seller back when that was a thing. So, uh I would go to like uh yard sales, estate sales, uh go buy out people's inventories on stuff and then sell it up on eBay. And I figured that uh when you had better
0: photos, the stuff sold for more. It does. So, I took a photography class so I could learn how to take better photos so I could sell stuff on eBay. <laughs> awesome. And
2: kind of got uh, the bug. As soon as you get in that dark room, you're like, "Ooh." Yeah,
0: exactly yes it is and uh, i just started geeking out in there
2: like crazy and just got lost up in that and this was all during high school so mm-hmm. i uh, had uh, lots of instruction things like that but like, uh, who just started having a lot of fun in there uh fun bit of trivia photography is the only class i've ever failed to <laughs> i spent too much time in the dark room didn't turn in assignments turns <laughs> out you need to do that uh but i uh, kind of sparked a, a passion uh and we've talked a lot about passions before but oh yes we have <laughs> Uh, with me of like wow this is a lot of fun mm-hmm. and there's so many different things that you can do and tell it could be documentary uh you could be trying to sell something with it you could be capturing a mood or a feeling yeah you know, or just a documenting high school football game it yep. doesn't matter what it is like photography's
0: got so many different avenues it does with it so that's the the short
2: answer of how i got the, the photography bug that, and it, it
0: kind of kept it up from there oh that's awesome that's I didn't know that, I guess, about you. That's kind of funny. That's how I started out. It was supposed to be an easy A, as I told people. It's like, well, I just need, it was my senior year. I need to fill out something, you know, fill in that thing and get out of there. And yeah. And then I caught the bug too. And then it's just, it's kind of, you know, looking in that, that back window, I guess, from, from there on out. So, and before you know it. So, I mean, I was, I had never heard of Chris, you know, until I attended PPI Winter Convention and you did, if I remember right, that was back in March and I was actually speaking and then later on attended your uh, seminar on headshots, which we'll talk about here a little bit tonight. Um, but it was kind of funny. And then I was, like you said, we've talked about passion projects a little bit. And I was on uh, your show, uh, Let's Develop. When was that? That was this summer. So I did that talking about passion projects. So that that was a lot of fun. So that's kind of how I, I met you. I kind of, what do I want to say when when you held that little paper up and said, oh, I do this thing called Let's Develop. I do for and I thought, God. I want to do that. So I kind of was like, at first, wasn't going to approach you at all. I'm like, now nah, he doesn't want to hear from me. Who am I? You know, and then I brought over my business card. I'm like, ah, he won't email me back. And then, then I got an email. I was like, holy crap, I guess I got to figure something out. So It's the
2: chapstick that sold you. Oh, it was the
0: chapstick. Yeah, right. That's that's what everybody, I just actually ordered more chapsticks. So I was out. So, you <laughs> know, it's. So anytime you find somebody
2: that's got great passion. Yeah. Uh, that's just got that energy that's there. That's like, yes, share. And you're an educator. It's like, okay. This yes. is just a, a win-win. You can help other people develop their passions. Like, it's so cool.
0: It that's is. I, I mean, the photography industry. Yes, that's because when I started out in the world of photography, it, there was no, nobody. I started out in photojournalism was where I was going to go as I was attending college. And no one wanted to help you. Nobody. It was like this giant, like, locked secret. Like, nope, nope. Like, I was going to come steal your job. And it's been so crazy over the last, what, 20 years how... People have kind of come out of the woodwork and it's like even photographers that I see here in Iowa, they just they're like, yeah, you're down the street from me, but let me help you out because it ends up being this this awesome, strong community. So and I had mentioned here a little bit ago about like your brand, because I think headshots whether you're doing them for somebody or as a photographer, you know, you should have one yourself, but you're like, I love it. Your brand is super on point, man. So, I mean, you got the bow tie always. I mean, every time I've seen you present somewhere or see online, it's like you got this branding. So how did you, how did you come about that whole thing? Is that your, always been your look? Uh,
2: So I definitely into the, uh, the vintage aesthetic.
0: Um, yeah. Which is also part of my studio, so mm-hmm. I do uh, headshots, branding stuff, and then also do
2: like retro pinup photography or vintage-inspired stuff. Yeah. Um, so I've just always been drawn to what that look is. Mm-hmm. But uh, Doctor Who, actually, with uh, bow ties, Matt Smith, <laughs> he's got a famous line: "Bow ties are cool." And I was like, <laughs> "Yes, bow ties are cool." At that point, I ditched all the regular neckties, adopted the bow tie. Yeah. It's like I'm learning to tie this thing. It took me forever to figure out how to tie it, but then once <laughs> you get to that tie point, you're like, okay.
0: Oh, I know. I know. It's it's kind of funny because I'm becoming slightly known for my shoes. Because I wear Converse and I have two three different colors now. And I have the blue ones that everybody at work knows me by with red shoelaces. And I'll be walking down the hall and people are like, oh, I can just see whose feet's coming down the hall and I know who it is or you know, things like so it's amazing because when you after um I had finished the let's develop with you and you sent me the card, which is awesome. I meant to say thank you. And I forgot was you sent that little, the little pin over, which was super awesome with a, has the little bow tie with a W in it. So I, I thought that was kind of a fun little touch. Yeah. Gotta have the bow tie.
2: That's I've adopted that one. i be like, okay,
0: I'll own it. Yes. You've got your bow ties and, and I've got my Converse tennis shoes. I mean, somebody told me recently, they're like, you should really put that in your logo. And I'm like, I think that's copyright infringement somewhere. So, you know, but you know, let's get, start talking here, you know, about headshots. So you said in the email, you love headshots. So I do. why?
2: Cause they're so cool. There's so much meaning packed into this one little image mm-hmm. and most people just think it's like, okay, it's a picture of what you look like. Yeah. And that's where we start. And for most people, that's where you end. It's just like, okay, this is what I look like. Mm-hmm. But then when you start peeling back the layers on it, it's like, wow, a headshot actually does quite a bit. So it's not like your traditional portrait that you have up on the wall. So it's not your family portrait. It's not something that you grow to love more over time. It's not something that's just kind of subtle there and it hits you like the Mona Lisa type thing. <laughs> uh, it's something
1: that's completely utility. They're looking at it and they're judging you. Yes. Second, maybe two
2: if you're lucky, and they're yep. saying, do I like this person? Do I not like this person? Do I want to work with them? Whatever you're trying to say, you got to do it instantly, just like that. And a headshot's kind of cool because it's like, wow, there's a lot to it. And uh, uh, more story time because I love stories. No, No, same now. here. So I got started in the uh, the headshot realm uh, with uh, my theater background. Okay. So I'm a huge theater dork, and I say that very proudly. <laughs> uh, I've done tons and tons of shows, um, over 100 separate different productions. Oh, wow. Uh, maybe closer to 125 now. Uh, but uh, uh, doing those, each one of those is a pretty big commitment, Usually mm-hmm. about three months or so doing them. So I've got a lot of sweat equity when it comes to theater. <laughs>
1: um,
2: I've acted, directed, produced just about everything you can imagine in the theater world. I've done. And I just love, it's my people. It's my, my crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like I've got my photography crowd. I've got yep. my theater. You got your
0: theater crowd. Sort of That's there. awesome. <laughs> so theater
2: people, uh, actors specifically need one thing. They're, it's their, all their marketing. It's everything that they do is tied up into one asset. That's mm-hmm. a headshot. And so here I am photographer guy, Deeply, deeply ingrained in the theater community. And so all my friends are actors. And they're like, okay, I need a headshot, Chris. And it's like, all right, I can do that. I didn't know any of the rules, anything that needed to be done with yeah. it or not done with it or anything like that. So I was like, okay, yeah, let's take some pictures. Take a picture. Yeah, you look pretty good on that one. It look kind of friendly. <laughs> and so uh, we got this picture there. And then they started getting work off of them. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, whoa, okay, the ones that I'm doing, they're getting more work than the ones that somebody else is doing there must be something here. And so, uh, more of my friends came, got pictures. They kept on getting work too. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. I'm doing something right. I don't know what it is, but I'm doing something <laughs> right here. And so, uh, uh, being the, uh, the dork that I am, uh, I started digging in. It's like, okay, let's figure out like what makes a good headshot. Yeah. Uh, what's going to get them work versus the ones that aren't getting work. Uh, cause I think the ones that weren't getting work look pretty good, but I didn't know what the difference between what I was doing and what they were doing mm-hmm. was. And so I started reaching out to directors, casting directors, producers and agents and asking them, like, what do you like in a headshot? What works well and what don't you
0: like and what are the trends and trying to figure out because I don't know what I don't know. Right. Exactly. We like, don't trying
2: to figure out what that information is. Yeah. And so I started getting this and kind of compiling it and trying to make sense in my head. Be like, OK, this makes it a good headshot or that makes it a bad headshot. And then something kind of magical appeared from there. I was like, oh, there's some intention behind the headshots. Mm-hmm. And intention is the magic word. And when we're coming and talking any type of headshots, intention, like intention, intention, intention. <laughs> that's what we're after with it. What do we want to convey with this mm-hmm. headshot? So for the actors, they have a couple of different headshots that they needed. Uh, but the one that does about 80% of their work is known as a commercial headshot.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's basically just that bright, happy, friendly, smiley, nice guy sort of look that says, hey, I'm not going to be a dick on set. I'm going to be fun
0: to work with. Exactly. I'm going to get my job done
2: and we're going to make this easy. I'm friendly and I'll photograph really well or film really well or whatever the case mm-hmm.
0: is. And it's like, oh, okay. So that's
2: their bread and butter. They need to look friendly, open and approachable. Yeah. Kind of cool. All right. And then they have other types of headshots. Um, so the secondary type of headshot that an actor would have is something that's uh, known as like a theatrical headshot, mm-hmm. featured legit. Um, Or a character headshot, all different words for the exact same thing, but basically one where they look super cool. And that's where a lot
0: of people would start with is the one like, I look badass here. Oh, yeah. But if you're looking for
2: somebody that's going to be buying a new Toyota and is having fun with the kids, like looking super badass, not going to help you. It's like, oh, when they're looking through it, they need somebody that looks friendly. So it's like, okay, separate type of headshot that you'll submit when you're doing dramatic roles or something like that. It's like, okay, I'm starting to get down. And then turns out there's like different character types. So mm-hmm. like, if you're like the sketchy landlord, that should have a different vibe than the leading man. Yeah, it should have a different vibe than the slick businessman. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, all different things. So it's like, oh, okay, we need to know what we want to convey with our images in order to make them effective. So take all of that theater stuff and then extrapolate the information just a little bit. Be like, okay, what about uh, a realtor? Mm-hmm. What should their headshots say? It's like, okay, well, that's just what they look like or make them look skinny or attractive, right? Yeah. That's what we want to do. And it's like, hmm, nope, not necessarily. We want to make them generally open, approachable, and friendly. Definitely. They're doing residential stuff. Yeah. So if you're talking to a first-time home buyer, make it so that the process isn't scary because mm-hmm. they don't know what goes into that. They're like, oh, I have to fill out these forms and this paperwork and take this class and get bank approval stuff. Like, this yep. is all new to me. I need somebody that's going to make this not scary. Somebody that's in my corner. Oh, definitely. If you're doing uh, first time home buyers and you're doing residential stuff, mm-hmm. you got to be friendly. You got to be that casual guy. So, the traditional tie, probably not as great as yeah. doing one where it's just unbuttoned, a little bit more friendly feeling. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing commercial real estate, you got to be business traditional. you got to speak the language, be part of that good old boys club. You need that suit. You need that tie. You need that very polished look to it. Oh, definitely. Same industry, two completely different headshots that come across there. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, okay. So every session I do, everything that I start out with, I'm always asking that one question. What's the intention? What's the point of this headshot? Yeah. Why are we doing it? And once you've got that down, everything else just falls in place.
0: Yeah, you kind of read my mind there because I was like, so... I mean, it sounds like you went, like when you first started, it's like, I think like all photographers, we have no clue. We just kind of roll with the punches and then, <laughs> and then you, the exposure is right. And it's in focus. Yes. And then you kind of started catching on and noticing a pattern. And I think a lot of photographers just say, yeah, you know, it's a headshot. I mean, I actually, when was that last year? Yeah. Was it last year already? Yeah. I actually, for the first time I thought, you know what, as I get more into this photography thing. And I just felt like, you know, I was doing more speaking stuff and people are like, do you have a photo? of you that we can put. And I'm like, Oh God, uh, hold on. So I'm like digging through my iPhone. and I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. What do I have? am like, that looks kind of presentable. And Oh, there's one with me my wife my kid. And somebody's like, so I sent it and they're like, do you have something? It's just you. I'm like, Oh my God. I never thought of this. It's like, what do I do? And I was like, well, here's one. They're like, yeah, 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 that will work. And I was like, Oh God. And then it clicked for me. I started thinking, I was like, maybe I should, go get a headshot done. And I, you know, and it was so hard. I was like digging, you know, through photographer after photographer. And, you know, when you're friends with photographers, it's just like, I know so many, but I, I don't want to make this person mad by not doing the asking for my headshot. And then I wanted somebody who does headshots a lot because I mean, there were, everybody was good. And there's some people I was like, oh, you're a little more than I want to spend. And so I was being cheap. And then, um, I ended up driving four hours for my headshot to Omaha to lane. And I thought I was just going to walk in there and just like stand there for five minutes. He's going to click because I don't do headshots. And he, I mean, there was so much that went into it and he did the same thing as you did. Ask me what I'm using it for, you know? And I'm like, it's just for speaking stuff. I might throw it on business cards. Like, okay, okay. And then, you know, I thought we'd do like one or two poses. I think we were in there for like an hour and like 40 minutes and he had, oh, wow. all, yeah. And we just, and he's just like, Oh, keep doing this. And we were rolling and rolling and it was awesome. And now I love it because I hate my picture being taken, hate it. So for me, it was like that aha moment, you know, and to have it. And I think now so many, it's, it's kind of a confidence thing too. It's like, Oh, I actually do have, have that headshot now that people, because like you said, if you're a realtor, Or whatever you're, you know, if let's say you're a realtor, you're not going to, you know, you, like you said, first time home buyer, you want them to be fun, exciting, happy kind of looking, you know, because it is kind of funny that you say that and you think about, you know, a lot of the realtors around here are doing billboards or whatever. And you can kind of tell, like, sometimes it's like, I'll drive by and I'm like, oh, I just get that vibe from the headshot. I would, I wouldn't call you to be a realtor. You look really stern and kind of scary. You know, if I'm going through that process, because I remember our first realtor, when we bought our house, we just found her literally, she was like the only one in the office. And it's like, I'll be a realtor. I'm like, okay. I mean, we did no research. So yeah, it's, it's with any photograph as photographers, we have to, like you said, convey emotions and things like that. And I think that's in the headshot world too. So, I mean, you started out doing your headshots, and you're kind of catching on to these things. Like, is that a majority of your business now? Like, are you doing mostly the commercial? Yes, we
2: do about uh, half our business is doing headshots and commercial mm-hmm. and the other half's uh, doing a little bit more boutique-y experience, uh, but for doing the, the vintage inspired portraits.
0: Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And it's one of those, what I want to say, man, it's kind of, I don't, I mean, do you get, do you feel like when you're doing these headshots with like. Somebody's approaching you either some way you've been inquired, you know, website, phone call, email or whatever. Do you, do you feel like you at that point when they're there in front of you you have to sell this whole headshot thing to them and how important they are or have they made up their mind and they're like I'm I'm picking Chris. I like his work. I just need a headshot. Do you have clients coming in thinking like I did that it was totally just a simple
2: Oh, most people do. Yeah. So uh, uh, it's my job to uh, understand the situation, just yeah. like your photographer did. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, uh, this person's coming in. I might have something that's pretty surface level, like, hey, let's make sure the clothing's right type thing. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to come in. Uh, I found that explaining going into all this detail ahead of time mm-hmm. does zero good. Like, uh, I'm
1: either going to talk their ear off and they're going to mm-hmm. be like, no. Nope. Or they're gonna be like, okay, that's a lot of information. I don't know what I need. I need to reflect on this before we schedule.
2: Yeah. Uh, It's like, okay, this is way complicating the process. So let's start in, let's get in. I might find out what industry they're in Mm -hmm. and make some clothing recommendations uh, just so that we're on point and we're actually gonna have something good (laughs) that they uh, (laughs) can actually uh, compliment them versus having that really loud top or something that's super loose and flowing and just them up like crazy. Uh, So once we have that kind of surface level conversation, Uh, usually via email, Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes via like a Zoom call if it's going to be a little bit more complex, and I know it. Uh, But uh, once we have that, let's just get them in here, say bring clothing options, we'll go through stuff together, and then I can talk with them uh, when they're in studio. I mean, it's only like a a five, eight-minute conversation uh, where we go, we figure out what we're doing, what the plan is, what we want to accomplish from it, Mm -hmm. and then we can start in with the session. And it's my job to get them what I know they're going to need.
0: Yeah. And with that, I mean... How long is your typical session then for a headshot?
2: Uh, it varies depending on
0: what type of headshot. Yeah. We're doing. So uh, if we're just going for a random thing that's going
1: to be on like a business card, mm-hmm. we're talking like ten, fifteen minutes. Yeah. Uh, if it's something that we need to develop a little bit more of a portfolio, or get some branding stuff in uh, under an hour.
0: Okay. If it's something that I'm doing like uh, a corporate um, event, something like that, i two or three minutes per person. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, I
2: mean, it's pretty big spread depending on what we're doing.
0: Yeah, and. And I think I remember like when you when you're doing your presentation on headshots. I mean, you said if I remember right, do you have like just I mean, you know all your lighting setups like right out of the top of your head like you have your go-to's, right?
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yep. Which which makes the process a lot easier. <laughs> you don't have to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, especially from the photographer's standpoint because, you know, I mean, you do those ones. That was kind of like with Lane. He had everything kind of figured out. So kind of like once your your sessions done, um, do you show them photographs right away and they pick and choose and they're done and they're out and then you just end up sending edited files or.
2: it uh, depends on uh, the session type again. Yeah. Um, and I know that's kind of a, a weird answer. You're like, wait, you don't have a set process that works for everything. Uh, most people I post, uh, proofs online and let them select. Okay. That way. Um, I have less time with them in studio, which means that I'm photographing more people. Yeah. And uh, so I've got, I book sessions back to back to back to back. So I'm shooting like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of the time that's what's happening. Um, however, occasionally, um, or if we're doing like a bigger project or a very limited time with somebody coming in, uh, then we will do on-site previewing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I also do this quite a bit with corporate stuff too, where it's like, Nope, we just need to get an answer. Yep. We don't have time to go back and forth. There's just too many people. Mm-hmm. We'll select right there on site. That way we can make sure that we get stuff that they like. If there's, we're not hitting it, then we can go back and immediately reshoot. Yeah. Uh, so it depends on, on what the uh, the process is. But most of the time in studio, I'm just posting to an online gallery. Mm-hmm. I get it cold down. I get everything cropped in. Make sure I have no blinks, things like that. Uh, post them online. They get about 10, 15 proofs. They pick their favorite, uh, purchase more if they'd like, and yeah. then I get to start on the uh, retouching.
0: Wow. So you do your own retouching then?
2: Uh, me and my wife both. Oh, but... both. Yep, so it depends on what's happening. But yeah, I, yeah. I'm not outsourcing that one.
0: Yeah, so, so your wife's in business with you then?
2: She is, yeah. She's my partner in crime.
0: Awesome. So was she always a photographer or?
2: Uh, she's been a photographer longer than I have. Yeah? Uh, but she took a, a brief break in there
0: and went into the corporate world, mm-hmm.
2: uh, which has been so valuable because uh, I've always been self-employed, so I don't speak corporate-ese very well. Oh, yep. But she knows exactly how it works. And so we've gotten <laughs> so many more corporate contracts mm-hmm. just knowing like what positions to talk to. Like if you're looking at headshots. Yeah. HR or marketing. Like Mm -hmm. those are going to be the two people that make the decision. And it's like, oh, okay. And that's held true with absolutely every single corporation that we've gone, unless they're like a a small business Mm where it's like, okay, it's the owner that does and wears multiple hats. But if we're talking a a big business, one of those two people is making that decision. And it's like, this is the format that the presentations need to be in. And this is how you bid it. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay. Once she kind of explains that and brings in her insight
0: from that, it's like, okay. Now we can start doing this. Let's play. Yeah. So I love learning
2: new things like that. It's like different worlds coming in. Be like, let's take advantage.
0: It is, yeah. Because what I'm not doing is I'm the part-time photo guy. And when I'm working my full-time job, it is. It's So I'm in sales. So I, I sell promotional products 40 hours a week. And it really truly is. Like when people, it's like, I think people give up a little too easy sometimes. Because it's like you call and you get the like, oh, hey, you know, I'm looking for... Whoever does the XYZ. And usually you'll get shut down right away. So once you find out that decision maker, things are things are truly so much easier. So that kind of leads me to the question of when you're doing do you ever reach out to somebody for headshots for a company per se? Or is oh, everything like just a, income a cold leak? Yeah, like a cold call. Yep. Uh,
2: not not very frequently. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of the time I've got my calendar booked up
0: and I just reply on uh, uh, referrals and just keep on building things. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't have to as much, but uh, previously I have. Yeah. Yeah. And And if you're doing that, you want to talk to HR is going to be your number one person. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, And if there's a marketing department, that's the number two.
0: Yeah. And that is true about anything, especially Especially, I did our headshots for work. And yeah, and guess who called me? Marketing. <laughs> so yep. marketing, rich. You know, do it. depends
2: on what they're using the images for. If it's like the, the website stuff, that's mm-hmm. usually marketing. Yep. They're putting it in advertising, newspapers, things like that. Mm-hmm. All marketing. If it's going to be for internal stuff, so I, I have my Microsoft Teams account. Oh, uh, yeah. And I need a photo for everybody. Mm-hmm. Or I've got it so that we've got the website listing and we just need to have it on here. Or ID badges, email signatures, all of that is HR. Mm-hmm. Um, So it depends on what their intention is. If you're going for bulk headshots, I'd start with HR. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're a little bit more on the branding side, I'd start with marketing.
0: Yeah, perfect. So, I mean, it sounds like you said a lot of your business is headshots. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. I know some people who are exclusively 100% headshots. That's how they do their business. So, I mean, if you had, like, advice, somebody who's maybe kind of getting into – so I see a lot of photographers, like, I don't know, like some will call it just straight headshots, but a lot of people are calling it branding where they'll do branding work. But it seems like that is more like lifestyle images in with some headshots, like headshots is the extra added in. I mean, if somebody is just solely wanting to get into doing more headshots, I mean, what's some, what's some advice you have? Like, where do you start? Who, you know, what do you research? Do you pick a, an industry and learn it inside and out and go from there. Or what's your advice?
2: Yeah. So uh, get down a setup that, you know,
0: inside and out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love using flat lighting. It yep. works amazing for headshots because it fills in wrinkles,
2: pops people like crazy. You're not going to win any photography awards with it. And <laughs> don't enter it into image competitions or the fair or anything like that. Yeah. It's not going to work there. This is a business thing, mm-hmm. but figure out your lighting setup so that you've got it just absolutely rock solid don't ever even have to think about it ever. Um, and if you can come up with two or three of those, th- that's all you need to know because yeah. uh, it's going to work with one of those three styles will work for anybody. Um, so you can definitely simplify what that
0: process is. Uh, know your pricing inside and out mm-hmm. that way you don't have to have the
2: weird, ums or postponing those pricing
0: conversations because yep. everybody wants to know what it costs. Oh, always what you charge. doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Um,
2: there's going to be $50 photographers. There's going to be $5,000 photographers. Yep. They can both exist, and there's clients for both. Mm -hmm. Uh, How you structure your business is going to be um, what dictates what sort of pricing structure you need to do. Yeah. If you're doing a lot of volume like I am, Mm -hmm. I can be at a lower price point because I'm making it up. I'm not just doing one or two shoots a day. I'm doing five or ten a day. Yeah, definitely. Like, okay, I can make this up in volume. That Mm -hmm. definitely works for what I'm doing. If you're doing one shoot a day and you're trying to price it or copy what my pricing is, you're going to go out of business. It's just not going to work. We don't have the scales that are working there. True. Um, So knowing what it takes to operate your business, Mm -hmm. if you have to rent studio space versus already having studio space uh, versus only having to go locations and now you got to drive everywhere, uh, like all of those are factors that play in like crazy. Um, So making sure you understand how all of that works, what you need to charge, um, and then being very upfront about the pricing. Mm -hmm. Like being easy to do business with, is probably the biggest <laughs> way that I get hired. Um, so headshots, it's a commodity. Yeah. Uh, as long as they look good, most people don't care who mm-hmm. the photographer is. Yeah. Like if you make them look good and it does more than what they thought they would, they're gonna love you and they're gonna brag to everybody about mm-hmm. you. Uh, which is how I get a lot of referrals. But uh, in when it comes to just finding a headshot photographer, they say, okay,
0: am I, Are you meeting the medium needs? Like, mm-hmm. like, is it in focus? Is it properly exposed? Yeah.
2: Do I not look like a serial killer? Okay, mm-hmm. we're good. That's all the requirements are. <laughs> uh, most people come in, that's what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. So we've got that threshold that's met. Then they're looking at like, okay, what's the cost? What do I do? How do I actually book this? Mm-hmm. A lot of photographers I see have a spot on their website that says headshots. Yep. And then you go there and it's like maybe some samples of their work and say, all right, if you want to know more about this, call me or email me. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of work. And it's like, well, what if I call you and you say, I'm $7,000 for a headshot? Yeah. That's scary. Like, that's a lot of unknowns. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you could be charging 100 bucks for it. Oh, yeah. But by saying, you have to call and actually talk to somebody uh, or email to get more information. It becomes a lot scarier. Mm-hmm. Having upfront pricing. Uh, again, this is commodity-based stuff, so not yep. necessarily what I recommend if you're going to be doing boutique. Or yeah. experience-related, but uh, for headshots, I am very upfront about pricing. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what it's going to cost when we do a session. Yeah. I can still have more that I can sell you, but mm-hmm. uh, we've got that base amount. There's no hidden surprises, anything yep. like that. When it comes to booking, uh, I can book online. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, somebody can come into their web, onto my website, find a date and time that works for them, pay for it, book it, and you know what? They don't even have to talk to a single person. We can handle it all via email yeah. and automation until they actually show up for the session. Mm-hmm. It's like that's cool. I get so many sessions just because I can book on my website and they don't have to talk to anybody. They can book a headshot session at 3am and they're everywhere
1: and be okay. It's like, Hey,
2: this works out really nicely. So that's easy is a pretty straightforward, uh, but often
0: overlooked. Yeah. And especially in the business world, you know, I talk to so many people a day. Like I probably, today I made, I don't know, geez, 40 phone calls before noon and everybody's in such a hurry. So, you know, and for me when i was looking at headshots i'll be honest i mean if you made it easy like upfront pricing you know that didn't feel like i it almost feels like when you're out looking and it's like call for price everybody's like natural instinct is oh i can't afford that i have to call for price
2: next page i'll go keep on going down the first page of google to yeah. find somebody that has clear pricing or an open schedule yep. or something that makes it so that I don't have to try to jump through hoops to book
0: them. Yeah, and that's that's you know well and then I totally forgot it was like Omaha headshots laying duh. So I went out to his website and I thought, ah, he's gonna be really expensive. And then I turned around and I was like, oh, his pricing was just like you said. It was open. It was there. Every I knew everything that I could do, what it was gonna cost me if I wanted to do On location, it was this much. If I wanted to come to the studio, it was this much. And it was like unlimited, clothes change, whatever. It was all open. So I could pick that level that I wanted and literally click a button on his website and say, I want to come in at this date and time. And then he emailed me and was like, hey, awesome, you know, kind of thing. So that is truly, I think, a big, big thing is you know, like you said, with pricing is being open and and transparent. So when you kind of touched on a little bit, but when you're talking like if you're that photographer, you're getting into the the headshots, do you recommend maybe not doing the volume right away and kind of honing that craft one at a time very slowly or just jump full feet 100% in?
2: Yeah, kind of split. Mm -hmm. So you definitely get up the people skills and learn how to light for different faces Mm -hmm. and interact with different body types and overcome challenges by doing them individually. So I learned a lot more doing individually. Mm -hmm. Once you have that down, then uh, corporate stuff is super, super easy. But uh, corporate is pretty much following a cookie cutter recipe Mm -hmm. because every single person needs to look the same. So we're going to have the same background, same setting, same lighting. Um, same general posing, same cropping, all of that's going to be the same. So Mm -hmm. if you get that one look down, get the sign off corporate on it, um, you're good to go as long as you can follow that and make people look good. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, if you're like most people, they
0: take a little bit of warming up to do Mm -hmm. and you
2: need to figure out like, okay, how do I get that expression out of them? How do I get that next level? Yeah. For me that developed, uh, from doing a lot of individual sessions Mm -hmm. and I see what tricks work and what don't doesn't work because I've got the time to experiment and see, uh, how to get those sessions, or yeah. how to get those expressions in the session. Yeah. Um, so it depends on your personality and skill mm-hmm. level. If you're
0: coming from doing um, school portraits, yep. jumping
2: into corporate headshots, going <laughs> to be absolutely no problem at all. Mm-hmm. If you've done um, a thousand seniors, you can probably do corporate headshots without even thinking about it, mm-hmm. because you're going to know how to get those things. If you've never done it, and you're picking a low point of entry into the photography realm, I'd start with individuals, build up a portfolio, build up your skill set, and then take it from there.
0: Perfect. And and the other thing you said, too, was you're trying to kind of coax that out of, or get that expression, you know, kind of warm them up. I mean, do you have any tips for that? Because when I did the headshots, it was that was kind of the hard thing for me was people just come in like, I don't like my picture taken and I have to do this. So, I mean, and Lane had his thing, which was awesome, where he's like, just don't really smile. And they just kind of gradually keep smiling. He was just taking pictures. And I felt so natural, like in the end, do you have any tips on the whole posing side or how to kind of work with those. I don't want to say stubborn people, but the ones that just aren't confident in front of the camera.
2: Yeah. So I've got, uh, I'm going to kind of marry this with another technique that I do that I think works really, really well. So with every single person and every single lighting setup I do, I've got six shots. I 100% get. Mm -hmm. And um, those shots are, I've got each person facing left center and right. Okay. And the reason that I do the left center and right is so that i've always got their good side mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter what i don't have to think about it during the session i know that i've got their good side because we know all the the rules that come there be like oh we want to have the small eye closer to the camera that way it appears larger and if they've got a hook nose you want to shoot into it mm-hmm. so that it, uh, it minimizes what the hooks appearance is And if they've got a crooked smile you want to try to get more teeth each- like there's a whole bunch of things that we can do yeah. to the part of the hair and we want to try to like All of that can kind of stack up. And what if somebody has a small right eye, but their nose hooks to the left? It's like, ah, what do I do? How do I follow the rules? Mm -hmm. Um, If you shoot left, right, center, you've always got their good side. You don't know what it is necessarily when you're shooting, but you don't have to think about it. Yeah. So left, right, center, uh, that's the, the, the key kind of trick there is that we're always going to get the good side then. Mm -hmm. And then we pair that with two expressions that I get in each one of those poses. And this creates the six. So we've got a smile, mm-hmm. and we've got a no smile. Mm-hmm. So the
0: no smile is a uh, a little bit of a smirk. Type yeah. thing.
2: So I don't want to look like angry with him, but I want to look kind of
0: happy, maybe flirty. Could be a good way of putting it. That's funny so because that's what a little it, bit of intention to it. That's kind of funny. I have two headshots that I picked. One is kind of that smirk from Lane. Yep. He had me this little yep. smirk, yep. and then the smile. They're two completely opposite things. And <laughs>
2: if you follow Peter Hurley, he does like the the squinch mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing. Uh, but that's got that same intention to yeah. it. So uh, it can be maybe a little bit lighter, more friendly
0: than that. That's very much actory or uh, mm-hmm. professional assassin look. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh,
2: most business people having something that's got a little bit of flirt kind of brings you in and connects you with it. Yeah. Uh, the second look that I go for is the smile. Mm-hmm. And here's the kind of the trick with the smiles is that not all smiles are created equal. There's three types of smiles. And it's up to you as the photographer to figure out what type of smile is your person. Mm-hmm. So first type of smile is a mouth open, teeth apart. So that one that's my smile. So when I'm smiling and showing teeth, I've got a gap between mm-hmm. my top teeth and bottom teeth. If I do that, it's really, really natural. I come across really sincere. That's my natural smile. I'm a mouth open smiler. <laughs> Second type of smile that we have is a mouth open, but teeth together smile. That one is what most five-year-olds try to do when they're smiling, <laughs> or most people that hate having their picture taken try to do when they smile. Yeah. However, it is a real smile for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you are a mouth closed smile or teeth closed smile, you wanna know that, because that means we're gonna get the real stuff.
0: Yeah. Third type of smile we're gonna see is the mouth
2: closed smile. And that's just the simple one. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can pull that off, even if their natural smile type is the open mouth smile or the teethy smile, mm-hmm. they can still pull off a mouth closed sincere smile. Yeah. But if their natural smile is a mouth closed sincere smile and you try to make them do a teethy smile, it's going to look fake. Mm-hmm. If they are a mouth open smiler and they do a teeth closed smile, they're going to look fake. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is try to figure out during the consultation, uh, when I'm talking with them about what we're doing with headshots and all of that, uh, I'll make a few dad jokes, uh, <laughs> stuff that'll make them groan, but also smirk a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, I want to see what their natural smile is Yeah. like how when they're happy and they're into it or something's going mm-hmm. on. Like, are they doing that big smile? Is it a small smile? What's real for them? Yeah. So once I figure out that real smile, I'm getting their real smile, left, center, right. Yeah. I'm getting the smirky smile, left, center, right. I get those six shots in mm-hmm. every lighting setup. I've got a guaranteed good expression and the good side of their face. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that
0: is like the easiest thing you can do. You don't have to think about it. You do all the thinking later when you can look at them in Lightroom. Yeah. So it's and, like, okay,
2: we got this down here now.
0: <laughs> so when you're, so, oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, I uh, was just saying that like, that's the,
0: uh, the kind of key thing that we're looking mm-hmm. for with it. So now in the session, it's up
2: to you to figure out, how am I going to get those real smiles now that you know what they are? Mm -hmm. So we can pick out the fake ones and get ditch those instantly, but we still need to get those sincere things. And those ones vary from person to person. Mm -hmm. So there's not one set magic trick that works. Uh, Sometimes just having people smile big and then, Flip into a small smile or smirky smile just keeps it looking fresh and they're able to do it and it looks great because mm-hmm. they're natural smilers. Yeah. Um, or the uh, Instagram generation knows what their, their good look is. Yes. So they can pop <laughs> into it on cue. Uh-huh. It's like, all right, we've got this. Other people, we got a trick because they try too hard or get caught up in their heads or think they're doing the great smile, but it's not really all that great. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, I like to talk about ice cream a lot because I'm very passionate <laughs> about ice cream especially huckleberry ice cream followed by mint chocolate chip yes um, so if we have some conversation about something simple fun just mm-hmm. kind of relaxes them i can get some natural expressions and if that doesn't work sometimes we'll talk about something random i'll be like all right now think about the number four mm-hmm. so think about it really hard and they're like what okay mm-hmm. and in that brief moment i can get a real expression yeah it's okay we're doing it now
0: but <laughs> that, that's awesome i mean those are because i think that's where a lot of people kind of struggle it's like how do you you know kind of get people to break out so kind of in the world like we all know with photography there's these these trends or you know whatever's hot and new or do you kind of follow the trends with the headshot world or you just absolutely yep you have to Mm
2: -hmm. and uh the nice thing about it and why i fully embrace these trends (laughs) is that uh when the trends change it's time to update your headshot so it's like okay uh if you're like a realtor you love that headshot that you had
0: 20 years ago you look
2: young, skinny, and pretty, and you don't update it until
0: your friends say, you don't look like that anymore. Exactly. And then you
2: keep it for another two or three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're like, all right, fine, I got to do this. Uh, but most people want to have something that's relevant, uh, yeah. something that's going to be up with what the, the current trends are. Mm-hmm. And so uh, different things cycle in and out over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I found
0: that about every one to two years, we'll get kind of a
2: trend that comes through. Okay. So, uh, um, and it uh, is also geographically based too. So there's not like one global trend Yeah, kind of cycles through areas, depending on what is everybody else doing. Mm-hmm. And as soon as somebody starts saturating with studio work, then it's like, okay, I need to be different. Let's go and do an environmental, something with mm-hmm. a blurry background. Yeah, And then that one will change and like, okay, let's go back to studio, but use a vibrant color that pops mm-hmm. and feels creative. And then that one will change to be like, let's be neutral or let's do a transparent background. Yeah, um, So it kind of comes in and out of different styles, different crops are in. Um, so there was maybe like four years ago, um, stuff that had a very cinematic look where we had mm. a flurry background, epic lighting in tight, where you're like cropping off the top mm-hmm. of the head. Everybody had that. And then they're like, okay, time to back up. And then it went into a very soft, natural, looks like window light, just sweeping across wider. So it's almost a casual, just like, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm out here looking good. No biggie. Uh, so we're going to see different trends and styles that come Uh, in and out. Um, I try to keep my finger on the pulse with that one, see what uh, is happening on LinkedIn, see what's happening with different markets on my actors, making sure I'm staying up to date with what those Mm -hmm. trends are. Um, If you're in any specific uh, geographic area or working in any specific industry, pay attention to what those trends are. Look at the industry magazines, look at those websites, uh, see what people are doing with them. And if you can kind of track and see like, oh, something's popular here, what's another major metro area that's near you? look at what's trending there. Cause that's okay. going to be coming to you in six months. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, okay. Once you have that one down, it's like, it's almost cheating.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it, it sounds like even from the beginning, you're, you're always doing research of some sort, you know,
2: I can't help it.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> do it. I'm the same way I get, I get hooked into things. And it's like my lives that I do on Saturday nights. Now it, it literally started out because I had nothing to do in a hotel room on a Saturday night. And I went Facebook live for my phone and then, I was like, well, I'll keep doing them if you like it. And now I'm live streaming from a mirrorless camera and I have lights set up and I have restreaming software. It's crazy. So yeah, I, I kinda I get fixated on one thing for a while and keep going, which isn't a bad thing, but uh, you know, I mean
2: yeah, I like to read camera
0: manuals too. What like, <laughs> can this bad boy do? <laughs> exactly, right? You gotta know your gear. So I mean that let's talk about gear real quick. So I mean, if somebody is in the sense of starting out I mean, what, what would you say is like minimal? Like, how would you start out natural light strobes, studio work, a little bit of both and kind of like, what's that outside of your normal memory card, camera lens kind of thing? Like if I was, somebody was going to get into this and say, okay, I'm going to start getting into it to do it more. What's that kind of like one thing you can't live without in the world of headshots?
2: Gear is not important. Mm -hmm. I can't stress that one enough. Um, you could do this with an iPhone, Mm -hmm. like they're, they're paying for getting the expression and having it in a format they can use. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're going to go like a very minimal setup, um, any digital camera that, uh, and a kit lens, Mm -hmm. um, if you can get to like 50 millimeters or set, uh, that's a great focal length. Um, if you want to step it up, getting that nifty 50 F1.8 mm-hmm. uh, allows you to get a shallow depth of field. You've got uh, a lack of distortion because we're at 50 millimeters. Yep. You're not compressing too much. Everybody just looks really, really good. Like mm-hmm. I've shot thousands of headshots with a 50 millimeter F1.8 lens. Mm-hmm. It is super good. Like Having a nicer quality lens. I can go to one two. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool for doing other stuff. For a yeah. headshot, you're not going to use that. Like. Stick with the, the basic gear. Mm-hmm. Um, I very rarely drop below 3.2. Yeah. Um, my favorite lens in studio um, or doing like location headshots uh, with the studio background is just a, a 24 to 105 F4.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's not some magical lens. It's not the magic 2.8. Yeah. Um, it's a constant aperture, which I love because that means I can zoom in and out and yep. I'm still locked in. I'm not shooting below F4. I'm mm-hmm. usually... Uh, f8 most of the time and being able to have that lens lets me do it yeah a kit lens would do just the exact same thing uh, if you're controlling your lighting getting stuff set up you're good yeah mm-hmm. uh, if you don't have any lighting uh shooting in shade with a 50 millimeter f1.8 and using a piece of uh, foam core to bounce some light in mm-hmm. like have your subject hold that 20 by 30 sheet of foam core standing on the edge of a shadow uh, facing the direction of the sun they're gonna have gorgeous light shoot it with a 50 millimeter F 1.8, uh, and F F 3.2. Uh, and it's just beautiful. Like yeah. I could sell that all day long. <laughs> uh, everything else is just what makes it quicker, more convenient, or allows me to work in horrible weather conditions. Yeah.
0: And that's one thing I was like, I guess I didn't realize how much you and I are thought process alike, man. Because I mean, no. anybody who knows, who knows me, I, I worked in a camera store prior and it was, it seems like portrait photographers are always like that 1.2. Everybody wants a 1.2. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll sell it to you, but I don't think you need it. But yeah, it's amazing what you can do with a nifty 50, literally. Like, it's the cheapest lens you can buy out there, really, <laughs> and it's sharp. Right? And, it does so
2: much, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, and I don't think enough people have it, or if they do have it, they're like, I never use this. i get it out. But yeah, I mean, that's some awesome advice for, you know, just starting out. Because I think a lot of people, when they think of headshots or in-studio work, they're thinking of like, oh, my God, like how many studio lights do I need? They're thinking like, I got to have five lights. And I think some people just make it way too complicated, way too complicated. Of that too. <laughs> I love over lighting, uh, but I also love
2: simplicity at times. too. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, as we kind of wrap up here, I mean, is there any other thing in the, the world of headshots that you just, if, if you were that, you know, explaining this to somebody that what's the most important thing as a tip, what would it be?
2: Yeah, I think we've covered a lot of Mm -hmm. really good stuff in terms of foundational things, how to get started, simple lighting setups and gear and all of that. Uh, So if somebody's breaking into this field, Mm -hmm. tap into what you already know and what makes you unique. Yep. So if you've got hobbies and passions or you've got corporate world that Mm you can talk into or experience in a certain industry, tap into that. Yeah. Because there is a huge need for headshots. Like Mm -hmm. it's the one type of photography everybody has to have. Mm -hmm. Nobody's super excited about doing it. There's (laughs) more than enough people to uh, feed you full-time doing headshots. Mm -hmm. And so if you can find a niche that you can hone in on saying, oh, you know what? Um, I used to work in a law office. I know how that works and how that ecosystem goes. Yep. Focus on it. Mm -hmm. If you do dirt bike racing, and you know how that world works. It's like, okay, let's get into this. I can embrace the things that make me unique, my skill set. And you combine that with your photography skill set.
0: You've got something that makes you super, super unique. Oh, in definitely. Terms of
2: services that you can offer and how you can fulfill your client's needs with it. Mm-hmm. You're going to know that insider information that you can't read in a book. Yep. So if you're getting into something new, embrace that niche that you have. Cross your passions over. And definitely. Like with theater, and yeah. I'm saying, oh, okay. Let's start here and then grow from there. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be so much easier, and you are gonna do such a better service for your clients. And you are automatically gonna be filling in that question: What's the intention?
0: Yeah. Why am I doing
2: this headshot? Mm-hmm. What are you gonna use it for?
0: Yep, as you kind of you already know, it, because that's it's kind of how I got into the world of food. I am doing more food photography, and I went to culinary school, so I know how all that works. You know, when people say, "Well," Well, the last person I talked to was like, well, there's all these extra costs because they have to have a food stylist and I can do that, you know, so it's kind of being that, that one person shop. And like you said, you already kind of know that, that realm or that world, and you know, the jargon and all that good stuff. So when you start talking to these people, confidence goes a long ways. So, and I think that's what kind of helps you build some business. So. I didn't tell you about this, but we're going to have a little fun. So do you want to, you want to hit up a lightning round of questions real quick? Let's do it. Okay. I stole this one. My, from my friend, Brenda, uh, I was on her podcast. So what is the oddest job you've done to earn a buck? Oh, geez. Uh,
2: <laughs> it's kind of fun. Uh, maybe
0: photographing, uh, paintings. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's kind of interesting. Be like, all right, got to do this, figure out how to reproduce it, uh, faithfully and, uh, uh, Make it so that I've got all the texture and detail there. Yeah. Evolve or, yeah, evolve or adapt and why?
2: Ooh, um, I would say that uh, you've got to adapt more.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're constantly moving in a situation, you're
2: probably naturally evolving with it, but that evolution is going to be added uh, or aided by the adaptations that you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. And then out of all the things you shoot, what is like one piece of gear you can't live without, whether it's headshots, your pinups, anything? That one piece of gear you can't live without.
2: Ooh, uh, I'm going to go with the, the Godox 8200 light. God. That has become like one of my absolute favorites. Um, yep. I just throw it in my bag, whether I'm doing a shoot that needs it or not. It's always with me. Mm-hmm. It packs a punch. It sure does. It's powerful as a normal flash. So I can light anything with it and uh, make uh, some extra drama happen. Yeah,
0: that is, that is, that's a good one. Um, in one word, how would you describe your work as a photographer? Thoughtful. Thoughtful, and then for the last question is, what is your number one tip to be successful as a photographer, no matter what you do? Genre. Don't give up. Don't give up. I like yep.
2: that. Yeah, that one. Uh, I definitely, if I was smart, probably would have given up <laughs> doing some of the, the rocky roads. I'm yep. not smart enough to uh, to do that. <laughs> you stick with it long enough, and it gets a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super scary when you are starting out. You don't have the connections. You don't have the experience. You don't have the confidence. But the longer you do it, the more you stick with it, whether you suck or not, the easier it gets, the better you get, and the better it ends up in the long run. Yeah. So don't give up.
0: Yeah. Well, awesome. I mean, I think that's great advice. So as we kind of close up, thank you so much. You're you're as I'm going to say, you're the first first guest guest on the show for the new podcast. So <laughs> I was I was going through a list of people. I'm like, who can I call that would be interesting, fun? And I was like, I had this whole list of people, and you just kept popping out. So again, thank you so much for being on the show and. And hope maybe maybe if there's something else in the future, we'll have you on again. So. Oh, that'd be a lot
2: of fun. Awesome. Thanks for having me
0: on. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found over at nextshotpodcast.com. Come back often and make sure you subscribe, share, and review. Don't forget to join us for another episode of The Next Shot. See you guys next time.